Welcome to Easy Money. I'm Jill, the money coach. I know what it's like to push through, to white knuckle it, to put in the time and get no results. I know what it's like to wonder what's the right way and to constantly worry about doing it all wrong. I've learned a whole lot from doing things the hard way. That's why I help coaches go from doing everything the hard way to making money easy. You want to create your dream life and dream business that's all about being free to do what you want, spend what you want, and build the future you want and do it all with ease? In this podcast, I bring you simple strategies for success for your business that make money easy. So it's time for easy money. Are you ready? Well then, let's go! Hello and welcome back to Easy Money Podcast. As you know, I'm Jill Wright and I'm your host. And if you've been listening for the last couple of months, then you know I've been doing some amazing conversations with coaches. And today is no exception. I do have another super fun treat for you coming up. But uh, yeah, so get ready for that. Get your pen and pencil paper ready because this is going to be fun and it's going to be very thought provoking. So there may be some thoughts that you want to write down as you're listening and I don't want you to miss this. Of course, you can always press pause. You can always speed it up. You can do whatever you want because you're in charge on whatever device you're listening to this on, on whatever podcast platform you are the boss. And so you can do whatever you want, but this is going to be a lot of fun and this is going to be all over the place. So and this is going to be quite a wild ride. So I can't wait for you to listen in on this conversation. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all want to make more money. We all want more time to spend in our businesses. We all want to know what we're supposed to be doing here and, and how we're supposed to do everything. We all want all of that stuff because most of us have a scarcity mindset. So we always want more of whatever it is that we happen to be talking about. So um, many of you know that Tyson Bradley is an expert at making the most of your time. But what you might not know um, is that time is not the most important aspect of building a successful and profitable business. Your identity is even more important than managing your time. And that is some of what we're going to talk about today on the Easy Money Podcast, because it is quite a fascinating conversation or quite a fascinating topic. So Tyson Bradley is the host of the Inherent Identity Podcast and number one New York Times bestselling author of the book, Discover Your Inherent Identity, a simple and effective way to create change and make it last. He is happily married and the proud father of two redheaded girls and soon to be baby boy. And I don't know what the ETA was on that because we've recorded this several weeks ago. Um, I should have asked him that question, but he has studied mindset and behavior change over the past 10 years and has finally cracked the code on the fastest 
way to make change happen. And so if you have the fastest way, then time really becomes irrelevant, right? So he says, my gift is faith and my expertise is helping people connect to who they really are. I love what I do because I love to grow and I love to help others grow. When you find your voice, share it and see the impact it makes. There is nothing better. So um, if you want to get in touch with Tyson, he you can find him at www.inherentidentity.com. You can also find him on Instagram at Tyson Broadly Coaching. And he has a new beta group coming up before his book is launched in the new year. You can get 50% off of the program before the formal launch. Now, I'll tell you, I'll just warn you up front, this conversation is truly like eavesdropping on our virtual coffee chat, right down to me attempting to rap for Tyson. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. I know this episode is a little on the long side, but it will be so worth your time to listen to the whole thing. So hopefully you can multitask while you're listening and capture some of the fun, some of the nuggets, but enjoy this fun and truly interesting conversation with none other than Tyson Bradley. Really about my journey to becoming more me. And Mm. since I'm kind of still on that journey, I keep like, oh, okay, nope, it's not, it's not ready to be. (laughs) You haven't arrived yet or something? Well, it's not, it's, uh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't like that way of putting it, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm still mm. on the journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So How do you know when you really find you though? Yeah. I don't think we're ever finished. Right. So I'm not trying to get there, but I think there is a place where I have, um, more clarity and more uh, specificity maybe about what like I I will be able to describe it and be able to know or be clear about when I'm being me and when I'm not Mm. yeah okay that's interesting I mean what well, comes up to my mind, even with that statement, is it's kind of this idea of in this present moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, am I me or am I not? Yeah. You know, I, is it the moment to moment thing, or is it kind of this, like you're saying, this this kind of place where, you know, I can tell someone that this is who I am and I and I know it. Or at least feel connected to it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that knowing of who we are at our core self or like our true self. Yeah. Versus our false self, the one we show the world. Yeah. Um, and to be able to stand fully in our true self and say, yes, this is this is who I am, even when you know it's not perfect, but to own that fully and to stand in that fully I think is where I want to help people go yeah that's the I love it 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think um, that's such a good journey because I think so many people are looking for answers like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I love it. And I, I want to be able to show people that it's not a, it really isn't about the destination. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about the awareness and the ownership. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots. Well, yeah. Yeah. But there is, to your point, there is a place where we are at any given moment that we also have to accept. And I think rather radically love um, yeah. as a part of ourselves. Well, it, I feel like for me, it it's like even in this moment, there's there's a way of me being where I could you know, introduce myself and we, we talk and we have the, you know, uh, surface level conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's me tuning in. And when I say tuning in, it feels for me, it's like, it's a slowing down. It's a listening to more of my heart, my spirit, um, in this moment, in this conversation, and to do that would be for me to say what you're saying as though it's like I'm being me versus being a false version, the mm -hmm. casual version of, of what we normally do. If yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. 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 It's so. that merging of the public me and the private me and being able to be that person all the time, no matter what. And that's actually the title that I want. That's what I want the title to be is no matter what. Mm. Yeah. Being you, no matter what. Yeah. Well, it's a, uh... Cause I recently went to a conference. There's this, there was this author, he, or I don't know if he's an author, but his name is Marcus Lemonis. He created a show called the prophet and like P R O F I T. <laughs> and, wow. uh, and he would talk with companies and businesses and whatnot, but his whole presentation was about transparency mm. And it was fascinating because he would bring people, he brought some people from the audience on the stage and he had them try on different clothes. And he's just like, you know, how do you, how do you feel in this? And, and he would encourage, he actually encouraged everybody to write down. It's like, what is something that you are deathly afraid of sharing with the world? And he brought some people up and we're saying, okay, what is it? <laughs> what is it? And it was fascinating because, you know, there were some people that shared some of the things that are just that they're scared of um, creating one guy who was actually a, a, another speaker that had spoken on a previous day, but Marcus didn't know that he had spoken on a previous mm -hmm. day. So everyone knows who this, who, who this person is. 
And now he's on stage and he's sharing something that's really hard for him. And he's this world-class rodeo cowboy that spoke, you know, a couple of days earlier. And it's like, so what are you scared of? Like what's, uh, and this guy said that he had reached a point in his career. He was getting older. He was a world champ at one point and he goes to these world championships. And now, you know, these 20 olds are putting up really good scores and he's in the middle of trying to transition and it's like he's in this identity battle right now where his whole life has been rodeo and being the best in the world at wrestling a, a go a, a cow you know <laughs> and, and now and now he's trying to build this business and he'll find himself you know doing menial farm chores versus doing this new thing that he yeah. knows he needs to do but he's scared of this whole transition he's afraid of he's just like he doesn't like the whole idea of leaving his, it's like he feels like he has to let go of this self yeah and there's a part of him that does it's like you yeah. cannot be a 50 year old cowboy wrangler you will not win yeah yeah because <laughs> your body will deteriorate so it's fascinating it. to see that yeah you know wow and he brought up another woman who he said you know, what do you have to, sh to share? And she, she wouldn't, she's like, he's like, and I'm not trying to pressure you. He's just like, you know, it's a very, he's just like, I just want to let you know that when you are transparent, that you end up helping so many people. Yeah. Because you don't realize how, how helpful that is in being yeah. open and sharing those kinds of things. And and so it was, it was a fascinating presentation and just kind of, you walk away and you think, huh, like, where am I hiding? Why am I hiding? Yeah. And what if I were to just be me wherever I am? Yeah. You know? So it's, uh, and another aspect of this is I have a bunch of coach friends and we meet once a month and one of them, she just talked about how she just wishes that she could be a part of a group where one day she could be a mess and people can accept that mess. And the next day she can be on top of the world and have all this success to share. And everybody will be like all on board, mm. you know? Yeah. And so I've been thinking about that. I've been really yeah. thinking about like, how could I create a group? How could I create not just a group, how can I create a family yeah. that just like truly accepts each other when you're, when we're a mess and then when we're a success yeah, and not hold some sort of standard for how you should be yeah, based upon what we know of you in the past yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, Where can you show up as 100% you? Yeah. 100% of the time, no matter what. It's hard. Yeah. You, that's very, that's I have yet to find a group that's like yeah, that. Yeah. That's the community I want to create. That's, I've yet yeah. to find a group like that, you know, where I can feel yeah. that safe and that comfortable. Yeah. But anyways, 
awesome stuff. <laughs> is this part of it? Is this part of the? It the might. Thing? It might be. <laughs> I, I might we'll just cut that in. Yes, bring it back and uh, yeah. Well, if if I can work our way around to it again, <laughs> where it slips in seamlessly. Yeah. 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 Or maybe maybe it doesn't slip in seamlessly. Maybe that's all part of the transparency. Maybe we just <laughs> let this whole experience. Yeah. <laughs> this whole totally. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do I do like to try to do that as much as possible. And just have people eavesdropping on our coffee chat or on our virtual coffee chat. Yeah. So yeah, but I did yeah. want to welcome you to Easy Money Podcast because yeah. I'm really excited about what I think you're going to talk about today, which yeah. is tied to what we just did talk about. Yeah. So yeah, maybe all of this, this whole podcast just goes way out of order and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I always like to start with um, introducing more about people's journey and what brought them to coaching or things that they've struggled mm. with things that they've overcome and so any of that that you want to share just to give people a little bit of context about you know where you're coming from as we start to discuss some of the things that uh, that we end up discussing in our conversation yeah, for sure. I think um, I think some good context is that after I had uh, served a, a mission for my church, I went to school and I was wondering what I wanted to do with my life. And all I knew is that I was good with people and I wanted to help them improve. So that got me into human resources. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought business is like, I want to be in business, but if there was any part of business, I want to be in the part of helping people like productivity and training and other things like that. So and there were also uh, a couple of role models like Stephen R. Covey. I was just like, mm. okay, he, if he steps into any place, any organization, any conversation, he knows how to help people. I was like, I just wanted to know that. I just wanted to know how to help anybody, anytime, anywhere. And so I got, got started on my journey of learning about organizational behavior and, and culture change and some of the psychology that goes into humans. It's more applied psychology though. And I then right after my undergrad went to get a master's in that master's in human resources. And it wasn't until there that uh, I went into a leadership class and there was an executive coach that came into the room and she started talking about what she does with high level executives. And all I know is that as I sat there listening, I just thought to myself that was like, that is what I want to be my expertise, that if there was one thing that I could improve at and become amazing at, it would be, I want to be an expert coach. Because if I can learn how to help one person do something and change, actually change, not, not the motivational speaker come and have a moment and next week you're back to normal kind of experience. Yeah. I wanted to create lasting change. 
And that was kind of what led me to uh, do my own research. And I found podcasts. I found the Life Coach School podcast. And it was only at like episode 25 at that time. And so I was pretty early on and learned this model of how your thoughts create your feelings and actions and results and thought, wow, this makes a lot of sense. And so that kind of started my journey into the coaching world. And, and so I think there's, uh, there's other experiences that I can tell as we kind of get into some of the, the model that, that I've created that has really helped me, but uh, that kind of gives at least a start into my journey into this world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause normally when I um, talk to people about their journey, they usually point to something that they struggled with that brought mm, yeah. them into coaching, but you, that yours is your story is a little bit different. So I like that. It's interesting to see that you really did kind of start out in coaching from this um, aspirational career aspect of it yeah yeah so that's kind of fascinating yeah so once you got involved in sort of the coaching community and listening to all these podcasts um so how did you start to marry what you were learning about coaching about Mm. the coaching side of things with the things that you had learned um you know, Stephen Covey, the applied psychology, human resources, training and productivity, like all of these other things that you were learning. um, How did you integrate those two, I guess, paths? Yeah. So right after or during my master's program, I went to, I got an internship with AT&T and And then afterwards they hired me on and I was in their recruiting arm (laughs) within the HR department. And, and besides doing my day job, I was very engaged with helping anyone that I could talk to about culture change and about, it's like, I would apply, I would apply the model of how our thoughts influence our feelings and things like that. And I would apply that to culture change. And how do you do that on a mass scale? And I was able to um, do a number of presentations. I was kind of like this rogue trainer in the corporation. <laughs> Nobody knew. My boss knew that I like was talking to different people and, and uh, she was totally fine with it. But I was just going around just sharing what I loved and ended up uh, really just creating a lot of change and, and helping different groups within the company and different teams that were attracted to the message. So I acted as a rogue employee. Um, So you were, you were stepping into those other duties as assigned, but except for they weren't assigned. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Other duties I assigned myself. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was being the coach before being a coach. And and, and that's the thing. I, I did that uh, until the life coach school had posted these positions and I applied for, for them and, and ended up getting on board with that organization and, and helped number of, of life coaches and building their businesses in that role, which was super fun and probably wow. the best 
if I could choose a job in the world to be employed by someone, it's like, that would be the dream job. And that's what I got. That was so yeah. fun. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Because I mean, we tell people this all the time, or we hear this all the time. And I don't think we really, really internalize it. Or at least a lot of the coaches I know, don't really internalize it. And it's like, you, you have to keep just putting one foot in front of the other, or just taking the next step, not mm -hmm. overthinking every single thing you're doing, not um, just taking those steps without knowing where they're going to lead. Because if you don't do that, you don't find those, those, I almost think they're like lucky charms. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you don't find those things that are so rewarding because very rarely, I think you can plan perfectly for those things, right? They just happen in the journey. There are surprises. And I mean, I think that's, that's why we have to really focus on the result and not the how, because we really mm -hmm. don't, we'll never um, realize those things that happen that are magical. Um, if we try to plan everything, if we try to curate everything, you know, right. the most amazing experiences that I've had have not been curated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I remember hearing this like definition of luck as where preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And so I've always, I've always kind of liked that just because, the more that I just follow what I love and that I naturally feel attracted to, I end up being in places and connecting yeah. with certain people. And then all of a sudden, you know, there I am. And, and the thing is, I don't know if I would have gotten this job with a life coach school had I not been, I was living in Dallas, Texas, before Brooke moved there. Oh, wow. At the life coach school, she brought the life coach school to Dallas. Uh -huh. And at the time when self-coaching scholars was fairly new, they were having these, these events, um, model fonts is what they called them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and because I lived so close, I would go, had I not lived close, I wouldn't have paid the money for a one day thing. Uh, yeah. And so I was close. I was there and sure enough, Guess how many men were in the room? There was five out of a hundred. Oh, I was going to say one. <laughs> and guess how many young guys are in the room? One, just me. Yeah. Wow. One young guy amidst a hundred women. So, and I'm, I'm six foot one, so I'm fairly tall. And so it's just like, <laughs> who is this kid? Pretty much. Cause yeah. that's, that's what I was, you know? Yeah. And and I, I, I think that helped me to stand out. And then as I, you know, I applied to the life coach school and it's just like, Hey, I know this person that could have been beneficial. It could have been part of it, but all I know is that I got the job yeah. and all that preparation that I had of just applying myself to the concepts met this opportunity where I didn't even submit a resume, which was very foreign to me. I was just like, I am an HR friends. <laughs> you guys don't, they had no processes at the time. Yeah. You know, I just followed up with Brooke and she said, my manager will reach out to you. It's like, okay. And then sure enough, Lauren Cash, the manager, 
reaches out to me and says, we'd like to have you start into the new year. I was just like, what? Wow. <laughs> wow. How much have things changed? <laughs> How much have things changed? Now you have to have, it, submit like, three videos and yeah. Know, and, and yeah, go through who knows how many rounds of rounds. stuff. <laughs> right. So preparation wow. meets opportunity. It's like, where do yeah. you get that? Um, and, and so, yeah, it's what we were just talking about. You yeah. keep showing up everywhere as yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's your preparation right there. Right. That's right. exactly what you were doing. So that was pretty fun and or, I mean, learned it a lot, like it. <laughs> but you know, as part of my journey too, the thing is, even when I signed on to the life coach school, like behind this, it's like behind everything, I still have the desire to have my own business. It was still a desire of mine all along, even though while working for life coach school, and then there came the time when it was time to leave time to separate. And I started my own business and have done that for the past couple of years. So, yeah. yeah. So when did you get certified? 2018. Oh, okay. May, was 2018. The, okay. You live. Were, we were in the same class then. I wanted yeah. to, I was going to say, I thought we were, I thought um, we were as well. So when did, when was the model thon that you went to? Oh goodness. I think I went to any, all, all of them that were in Texas. So, okay. I can't remember when they had them. Maybe it was, it was like September, 2017. Okay. Yeah. I think the first one I went to might've been in January. It was either January 18 or January, January. 19. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. which, which one. Yeah. So yeah. it was a little, it was after you. Oh, okay. Um, wow. That's, that's amazing. So you were certified and then you started working for the life coach yeah. school. Okay. Yep. It was the end of 2018 that I, they had the positions posted. I applied and then okay. 2019 was my start date. Yeah. Second day. So, um, so what did working for the life coach school then prepare you for? Because now we're moving into like leading up to your next opportunity, right? Which is right. building your own business. So what was the preparation that you did during that period of time that gave you the opportunities you needed in order to step into that next season? Yeah. I mean, as you can imagine, you know, you're working for one of the best life coaches in the world and, and the things that you learn from that and all the other great coaches that I just got to connect with. Mm. Um, it was fascinating because one of the things that drew me to like actually purchase my first like self-coaching scholars to actually get in was when Brooke did a month on time management. I was just like, Oh, I love time management. And, <laughs> and I wanted to learn the, like her way of doing it. And, and I was like, Oh, what's, what, what is, how do you understand like the mindset of it all? And, and it was interesting because Lauren and Brooke were thinking about creating a, a program around time management together. And because I loved it too, I was just like, Hey Brooke, I would love to join. I I'm pretty good with 
time management. I'd love to join in on this project. And she said, yes. And I was just like, sweet. <laughs> and next thing you know, that summer of 2019, we are in a an Airbnb. There's a videographer. And I am creating a course with Brooke Castillo, this person <laughs> that, ha- that I had listened to on a podcast and admired and thought was amazing. Now I'm co-creating a program with her. It was just like kind of craziness to me. Mind to be blown. Able to, yeah, mind blown. <laughs> and, and, you know, and Monday Arrow One was born. And so from, from that experience, you know, a lot of people started to know me for time management mm-hmm. and started associated with me uh, in that regard. And as well as just being in the entrepreneur entree track, you know, director and, and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I also helped to run the events that, that they did, you know, mastermind 2019 was, I, I was the MC and, and I think that'll be my forever position because it's just the funnest (laughs) thing in the world to me to do that. Um, Now, is uh, that something that inherently is, is like at your core who you are? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've always been. I've always been a, a goof. Okay. (laughs) Um, what's your first memory of being a goof, as you say? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the memories that always comes to mind is my dad is, is one of 12 kids. Wow. And uh, every single year since he was born, my dad's like 62 now, his family has been going up to the Teton Mountains and the Idaho-Wyoming border mm. for a weekend of camping. And so as a kid growing up, we'd pack all of our stuff, we'd go up to the mountains and we'd sleep in tents and camp. And I just remember on Saturday nights, we'd always have campfire songs. So as you can imagine, 12 kids times more kids and more kids, Uh like we easily have a hundred people up in these mountains. Wow. All camping (laughs) together as a family, loving every minute. Somebody's got to entertain them. (laughs) Some things we got to entertain them. We got to do. And like Saturday was like, we do like activities and all sorts of things like variety show. (laughs) Yeah. Variety show. And, and yeah. And, and I just remember being the one who would do silly things and just everybody laughs. And oh. that just filled me right up. I was just oh, like, cool. when other people are laughing around me, I'm home because mm. if they're laughing, even if they're laughing at me, it's like, no, it's like we're laughing together and we're having a good time. And now I feel like I belong, like I'm like, here. If, and it, I mean, does it feel at all like a, like a contribution It's like, yeah. My contribution to the world. That's what I, that's something, I mean, do you feel like that's one of the things you're here on this earth to do? You know, it, in part, yes, it's really fascinating. Cause as I have tried to uncover like myself, cause I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, just to give you an example, I just have the most random set of talents, just like I got interested in 
yo-yoing, balloon tying, juggling. I learned how to ride a unicycle. I can yodel. I love to sing and dance. It's just like all these random things. And for me to get up in front of the people and to make up songs, to make up rhymes, to engage and entertain people and make them laugh like that, I come alive. That's probably the times when I feel most alive in my life. And, you know, you think that, you know, would that translate to like, where's Tyson's YouTube channel where he just does crazy fun things and, and just entertains the world. And it's funny because that hasn't necessarily been, I've had thoughts of, of doing that before, but that isn't necessarily, that's just a part of me, mm. you know? And, and I don't know if I want it to be all of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's so many aspects to, to us and what we love and, yeah, you know, and so I think that there are aspects of that, that I think are just genuinely apart and they're going to come out and that yeah. I will probably just incorporate into what I do and how I show up in the world. Yeah. But, but yeah, so it maybe is, it's it, not meant what you're yeah. meant to do. Maybe it's just how you're meant to do what you are meant to yeah, do. Right. I love that. Yeah. So what is your, what would you consider your superpower? Like the one thing that you know you have to do no matter what? Um, I feel like it's a deep question, <laughs> you know, and I'm a thinker. So it's just like, oh, yeah, man. you know, and, and the thing is, it's hard because I feel like if you were to ask me this question a year ago, it would be different. Yeah. What would you it know? have been a year ago? A year ago, the thing that I feel like I needed to do was probably uh, help the help the entrepreneurs of the world to change their mindset. It was mm. just like, you know, that was kind of like my mission. And, and also it was, it was also helping them do so by connecting to Christ, mm. you know, and, and right now my, my mission is somewhat similar to kind of what you're doing. It's like, how can I help people to connect with who they really are so that they can create lasting change? Mm-hmm. And it's not really even about change. It's just about stepping into and living into our true self Yeah. versus pursuing what the world says or thinks we should, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like change is the catalyst. It's not the thing. It's the catalyst to get to the thing. And, and well, the thing is too, is like, it's just the way that we communicate the way in which we have a language around becoming someone different or having a new life is we say you change. Yeah. That's how we talk about it. Yeah. And what I'm all about is changing the whole conversation of the self-help industry and being able to say, no, it's not even about change. It's not about becoming, it's about remembering. It's about recovering because you've lost it. You've you've had it all along, but you just, you're lost now you're distracted. Yeah. 
You've been conditioned by a world that tells you what you should want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we do a little bit of the same thing where we help people tap into who they've always been. Yeah. Who they were born to be. Yeah. The way that I describe it is you are, you've always been that person you just haven't acted like that person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've just been acting like someone else. You've just been yeah. putting on a mask. Yeah. So that's the thing that changes is how, how we act. Because I've noticed a, a shift in how you're helping people. Yeah. And so going from this like time, productivity, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting things done in the way that, that you're called to do or, or whatever for entrepreneurs. Um, right. I think it was Christian men, right? Yeah. You know, it pivoted. First it was time management. And then I went, I left time management. I was like, I'm going to help my, my friends and my church. And, okay. and then that didn't work. And I was just like, I couldn't quite find the match. And, yeah. and then I was just like, Oh, I'll help entrepreneurs. Cause I've done that before. And, and, uh, and now it is a transition of, what I call inherent identity. So, yeah. So tell, tell me all about that because you've got a book that Mm -hmm. is in the works that's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Tell me all the things about this whole um, inherent identity and like, where did that come from? Yeah. It came from, um, it came from a mix of teachers (laughs) as I keep learning, as we all keep learning, we kind of take all this stuff that we learn and we put it into like a framework. And for me, the challenge that I've had, and that was kind of like the aha moment was the problem that I had with eating sweets and being raised in a family where we always had Oreos in the pantry and a tub of vanilla ice cream in the freezer. (laughs) And the tradition was you, if you eat lunch, whatever, you grab a cookie. If you, after dinner, you, you make some kind of dessert and you eat it and it's great. And that was just the habit. Right. And, uh, then I got married and my wife and I were having cake and ice cream every night and it was amazing (laughs) until it wasn't. And (laughs) Until I realized, wow, this eating cake thing really impacts my sleep and I can't sleep as well. I'm all congested. And then I don't have as much energy in in the next day. And then I don't do as well at school, at work, at home. And this whole challenge just came about for the next six, seven years. I even got, you know, I get certified as a life coach and I learned all these tools it's like, okay, I just got to change my mindset. Mm-hmm. Started changing my thoughts. I was like, great, I'll just think differently. And that didn't work. And then, and then I was just like, okay, they tell you how to like feel your emotions, just like feel the urge in your body, this sensation of wanting something like a chocolate bar or whatever, and then let it dissipate. And that was the most difficult thing in the whole world to do. <laughs> Because one, it's like, okay, uh, it was such a vague concept for me to Mm -hmm. feel and I've gotten much better at it now, but 
even back then, I was just like, how do you actually do this thing? And how do you do it in the time that you need to do it? Because the urge is so quick that how can I even then be present with it? So I struggled with that and it never really worked because in part, this goal was always a side thing. This is always mm-hmm. just like a side problem, a little nagging kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of our problems are. They're just these little things that nag at us that are difficult. Or on, on the other side, what we have is these little naggings of what we should do, of what mm-hmm. we're called to do, what we feel like uh, impressed to do with the world. And it just keeps coming every now and then. It's like, hey, you should build a business. It's like, or hey, it's like, it's time. And, but we keep putting it off. And so for me, um, I, I ended up hiring this, this coach. And this was actually even just earlier this year. And he talked to me about the concept of being versus doing. And that you have to be someone before you do something. I was like, that's yeah. super vague. Tell me more. <laughs> and he said, well, who do you want to be at the end of your life? I'm just like, okay, I've done exercises like this before, but he put it in terms, the way he made it practical was he's just like, okay, like put this in forms of I am statements. It's like, okay. It's like, who do you want to be? Well, I want to be someone that's kind and loving and patient. And it's like, I don't want to be known as, I want to be known as the, as the dad who was able to connect with his children that we had a, an amazing relationship no matter what happened. And, and so, okay, how do you put that into an I am statement? It's like, and I wrote down all these I am statements and it was nice. Felt good a little bit. I was like, okay, cool. But there wasn't really any uh, change that occurred from having this. And until one morning where I was trying to figure out this challenge of eating sweets, I was just like, I just want to say no. Like whenever I have the desire, I just want to say no to sweets. That's what I want to do. And so I thought, well, what if I created an I am statement around this? What if I like made it part of this identity? And, and so I started, I was like, I am a, like a a fuel finder. I wanted to make it fun, you know, Mm -hmm. something, something that I could remember, uh, that I could enjoy like being uh, and I'm a, like a sweets, uh, shunner. And then like <laughs> it landed where, where I thought I am a sugar shunner. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, like that sounds, it's like it the alliteration alone, <laughs> the alliteration alone just like makes me come to life. And so I was just like, I am a sugar shunner. I say no to sweets. And so it just like, I had this statement. I was just like, sweet. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to be in. This is what I want to do. And so then later that afternoon, I go and eat my lunch and I, I love having quesadilla and salsa and chips, this very salty meal. And then I find myself afterwards in the pantry looking for something to sweet to eat. To balance it out. <laughs> to balance it out, right? That's the, that's the habit. That's the norm. And, uh, but then I remembered something. Then I remembered, I was just like, wait. I'm a sugar shunner. I say no to sweets. And there was just this instant like drop of the urge, this instant like, this is who I am. 
So yeah, I don't do that thing. And I walked out of the pantry and haven't looked back since. So it's just like, I said that statement and then I, th I was just like fascinated. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. So that's, what, that, that's, that's where I was. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, what happened in that moment? Because right. it's not just the words, right? No, it's, it's how those words get used in your body, right? How yeah. those words get consumed in your body, how those words fuel that identity shift. Right. And so, and because I was fascinated, I was just like, I need to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I did. I was like, I, I, I figured out even some of the, the science behind why this kind of thing works. And, and part of it really is there's kind of this art and science to it in the sense that this statement that I had, had, had created and said to myself it wasn't just a mantra. It wasn't just this affirmation. Like people will talk about, just go around and say, I'm confident. I am brave. I'm amazing. Just like, no, that's not going to help you or it's not, or it's going to take a long time. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, let's just use repetition yeah, kind like of thing it, until it, we feel yeah, the, the truth of, of it. iterations you need. Right. For that. Yeah. So there's that way of like, let's just repeat it until my brain finally gets the message. And now it can be internalized in the body. Or there is, let's create a statement that I already can resonate with mm. and feels amazing now that I believe now, and I can pass all the other stuff of trying to do this neural plasticity, change the neural network kind of yeah. approach. And so I think in that moment, what ended up happening was I connected to a heart's desire that I've always wanted but haven't put words to mm. and haven't identified as. And so what I, what I feel, what I do and what this framework that I created does for people is that it allows us to connect with what we really want mm. and what we really want is who we really are. Yes. And we translate that and we have to put, we have to get into this the art of it, which is putting it into words. And it's very yeah. hard. It, it can be hard yeah, to do because it's like when people describe like, okay, like, how do you know this is true? Like a religion or whatever. Like, how do you, how do you know? You say yeah. that, you know, it's true, but how? And yeah. Oh yeah. Do it. You shrug your shoulders. Cause you're just like, I just feel it's yeah. true. I have so this inner I knowing. If, Part of it is just a decision to believe it, or if it has anything to do with, because some people, like some of my clients will say sometimes, well, how do I believe it? Hmm. Or how do I not believe something that is not serving me? And sometimes I think that the answer really is, really has nothing to do with what we see as true or not true, but more to do with what we want to be true. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, there's, there's a little bit of an art to that because I can say, yeah, I want to be an NBA star. I want that to be true, 
but at some level it's like well that's never going to happen so maybe it's this combination of yeah this is possible or i can picture myself getting that result eventually and i want it to be true and i know that believing it or having faith that it's inevitable kind of like i am a new yeah. york times best selling author yeah yeah <laughs> right? uh huh um it, it's maybe it's that combination so sorry yeah. i interrupted no, no. you but i love that yeah, because i want to hear more cuz here's the thing um you know I mean, I'm six foot one, which by NBA standards is like, <laughs> it's actually still, still kind of short. Um, and if I truly wanted to be in the NBA and I was short, let's say I was even shorter and people are just like, why would you even want that goal? Like yeah. it's, it's pointless for you to even want that. For me, I'd be like, listen, that's what you want. Like you go for it because here's yeah. what's going to happen. One, you're going to realize on your way there that that's not a true desire. Right. Or two, you're going to keep at this and you will make it. Or you will make it darn close and you will discover more of yourself than you ever had before. Yes. And, and so it's just like, I say go for it because the worst that could happen is that you discover more of who you really are. Which is a beautiful thing. Which is the best <laughs> thing in the whole world. Yes. It's the best thing because we are so bad at it. Yes, I love it. So it's just like, I don't want to You're making my heart so happy right now. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and I'll yes, just tell you because like. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know. It's like. Oh, listen, I, um, listen. <laughs> it speaks truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I made this t-shirt. So, I mean, I don't know if you show the video, but my t-shirt yep. says I am a number one New York times best-selling author. And, and is there something else below it? Cause I can't, it says an inherent oh, identity.com. Oh, okay. It's just, identity. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so the thing is, that is something that I just would love. I just it's think it's awesome. It's a desire of mine. Now, what's fascinating is when I say it, I feel something. Mm, yeah. Like I feel that, that it's true. Yeah. I have no evidence of it. Friends. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have a physical copy of my book that even exists. And there is no, nothing on the top that says number one, New York times bestselling author. Yeah. But when I say it, I feel it's true. Mm -hmm. And because I feel it's true. And when I say it to myself, I show up in the world as someone who writes like over the past, maybe month and a month or so I've been getting up. Like sometimes it's 3am. Sometimes it's 4am and I am writing. And yeah, and I have no problem waking up because it's like doing this thing. It's like, it's so part of who you are part of who I am. It's yeah. not a problem to do something or to take hard action. And I put hard in quotations, like 
quote unquote hard things when it's part of who you are. It's easy, which is exactly what this podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. Making things easy. Right. And I, and yeah, I'm totally on board, you know? And so being able to create these identity statements, um, there's just a, I'll share a quick experience with my daughters because I'm trying to teach them how they can use identity. And, and it's kind of like, uh, I guess, covert operations, me brainwashing <laughs> them. And so because, because <laughs> one example is, is that's what good my, dads do. <laughs> I know, like my, my kids, my, I got two girls right now, the one's seven and one's four. And, um, we're also expecting a boy in, in December. So that's kind of fun. Oh, congratulations. But um, they make messes because they're kids. And one of my daughters, like my oldest daughter, she, when she makes a mess, it's like, oh, it's like such a chore and I can't, oh, she gets like mad at herself. And so I just started saying, you know what? It's like, what should we say about ourselves? Like, like we want to clean messes or when messes happen, we just want to clean them and it's no problem. So what should we what should we say about who we are? And we came up with like, you know what? I think we're just mess cleaners. What do we do? We clean up messes. It's like so simple, right? We don't have to be all alliteration. We don't have to make it fun or whatever. We're just, we're mess cleaners. We clean up messes. And I kid you not, a week later, my four-year-old spills our piano bench. All the books that are inside come pouring out. She's like, dad. And I'm like, hey, what happened? She's like, I made a mess. It's like, oh yeah, it looks like a mess. And she's like, but it's okay. Cause I'm a mess cleaner. I'm gonna clean up messes. I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. This works on kids. It's like, <laughs> and it wasn't a problem. Whereas before it yeah. might be like, oh, like I made a mess and I want to clean it up. And it was like, no, when we know who we are, it's not a problem to do the things that are associated with the being. Oh yeah. Oh. So that That's was super cool. So cool. And I'm trying to figure out all the other ways I can bring much more kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, real quick, because I, I mean, I don't have time to go through all the steps of my framework, but I'll, I'll let you know that there's a place you, uh, everyone can go to, to just get a worksheet and a walkthrough of the whole thing. But I'll just yeah, touch I- on... I printed it out already. I got it. Yeah. Nice. Yes. That is so so awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to answer the questions. Okay. Well, I'll just go through them as just a summary and then you guys can dig into it by getting the worksheet and whatnot. And they can get that at? At inherentidentity.com. All right. Yeah. It's like first thing. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So the, the framework falls within the acronym of I am me. And the first letter I stands for ideal. And that's where you are really asking yourself, okay, there's this problem I want to solve, or there's this thing that I want. And what's the ideal version of that? Like, what would be the dream? So for me, it was just like, well, the dream would be like, I could just, you know, to sweets and it's not a problem. That'd be awesome. That'd be ideal. Wouldn't that be ideal? I just don't want sweets. Um, Another ideal is like, ah, like I created one around cold showers. It's like, I just want to be able to take a cold shower and for it not to be hard. 
Oh. Yeah. Or <laughs> there to be a lot of resistance and to be like, ah, like, um, and so we write down our ideal. And then the next step is A, which stands for amplify. And this is all about how can I like 10X this dream, this ideal? Cause we're actually very bad at dreaming. It's like, yeah. I'll ask people, I'll say, so what's your ideal? I'll be like, okay, cool. Now let's 10X that. Like what would be the most amazing dramatized experience of, of what you just shared with me? And then they'll yeah. really get into something that like connects a little bit more with their heart, whether it's mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, if that could be my life, that would be amazing. And once we have that, then we're like, okay, now the next step is movement. Now we have to understand what are the actions that would create such an ideal dream? What are the actions that you can think of that come up? And, and so we list out some of the actions and with these ingredients of a dream and, and the actions to create it. Now we have the ingredients for creating a manifesto or an I am Ah, statement. Okay. Something that we stand for, something that we are, something that we choose to be. And a lot of times I'll, I'll take, you know, what are the key words? What are the words that stand out to you that represents who, who you want to be and what you want to do? And this manifesto is a combination of an I am statement paired with the doing. Because every time that I do that thing, it reinforces who I am. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm a number one New York Times bestselling author. I write daily from my heart. So it's just like every time that I write daily, it only confirms. It confirms that I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Every time that I say no to sweets, it's because I'm a sugar shunner. That's what I do. Yeah. I do the thing I, that I am the person. Yeah. And so we create this combination statement. And then the last step, which is E stands for evoke. And that is all about how can I daily remind myself of who I really am of this statement and not just use it as a mantra, but use it as something that I feel into and confirm the truth of, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll tell my clients, I say, Hey, you know, whether you believe in God or whatever, it's just like a powerful thing that you can do is you can pray and ask and say, Hey, is this who I really am? Mm-hmm. Am I really a New York times bestselling author? And to just sit with it. And you might ask, sometimes I'll just like, just ask your heart if it's true. Ask your spirit, ask your eternal being that has always existed, whether that's true. And you'll know because you'll feel it. Yeah. And even if there's some dissonance there, what's good about that dissonance or what's good about when things don't quite feel right is that it just caused you to go back to the framework to figure out what really is true about what you want and who you want to describe yourself as being. Yeah. So it helps you connect with that true desire that you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what I, and this is, has happened for me in the past is where I will, I at first created a statement that said, I am patient. I, I don't get frustrated with my kids. That was kind of like, that's, that's the statement. That's the action. And it did not work at all. Like, it was not helpful, but as I went through the process again, I was just like, okay, what, what do I really want? Like, yeah. What's really going on here? What is the ideal experience? And then I came up with, I am a, uh, a calm connector. I, mm. I, I breathe and ask what would love do. So I tried that for a couple of days. I was like, okay, this still isn't like, it still wasn't, wasn't really working for me. Yeah. 
And so then like, I went through the process of God. I was like, huh, it's like, this was just this whole process of self-discovery. It's like, mm. yeah, what do I really want here? And there was this, you know, parable that I had read about, uh, it's called the prodigal son. And it's about this, this father who like his, he gives, you know, his son a piece of his inheritance and he goes and he, he wastes all his money. And then he like comes back and his dad just like watching, waiting for him, Looks accepts delighted. him <laughs> and, and like says, okay, servants, like give him his ring back, his clothes, like all these clothes. And like, let's celebrate that he's here. And, and I was just like, oh my goodness, that's who I want to be. And so I created this statement. It's like, I am prodigal Papa. Oh, I was like, I watch with love and I restore identity. Oh. And that was what he did in this story. And I was just like, that's who I want to be. And so when I say that though, it's like, I feel it. Yeah. It's not about trying to, to, to be what the world says you should be. Right. Like you just need to be a patient dad. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could say that, but that's not yeah. quite it. Yeah. I want to be Parako Papa. And that's inherent in who you truly are right. in who God designed you to be not like this statement about who you should be, like you said. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that part of the reason when things resonate, I think what that means is that you're remembering. Yeah. I'm remembering who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's I why I am a prodigal papa. Yeah. I've always been prodigal papa. I just forgot. And I, yeah, exactly. I just forgot how to act like that. Yeah. I just forgot how to act like that. I forgot that that was what I wanted. And I finally put some words to it to describe it. Yeah. So, so awesome. Yeah. So it's super powerful because I mean, the moment I started doing this the moment, things became these changes, like Mm -hmm. became easy and effortless because I wasn't changing. I was just being who I really am. Yeah. I was stepping into and living into the truth. Yeah. And as I started teaching my clients, they started creating changes too. They started living into who they really are and doing things that took them like before had no success. Yeah. So, and so I I love how it's so like, it's, um, it almost feels a little bit like self-perpetuating because the pieces and the parts that you're talking about seem to fuel each other. Right. You know, when you find that statement that you connect with that fuels, you know, you showing up that way. And when you show up that way, that fuels the Mm -hmm. reinforcement of who you really are. And so that's all sort of working together, working um, in conjunction, working in alignment. It just feels really good. Right. You know, and, and really this kind of comes like somewhat full circle in the sense that when I first wanted to do coaching, like my initial thought in the moment of hearing the executive coach speak was, I want to create lasting change. Mm. I don't want yeah. a, a fry in the pans, like flat or right. flash in the pan experience where it's like, you feel good and then you don't change. I was like, I want to create a way for people to experience a new way of living. And, yeah. and so this is, 
this has been the most excited, the most connected I've ever felt to a business in a direction. And this is, this is kind of where I'm, where I'm going with it all. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So come join the family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, I love everything we've talked about today. I feel like we could do five more episodes just on tangents that we could get off of each one of these. We should totally do five more episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So anything, any last minute things that you want to share that you want people to know that you want people to connect with uh, um, after they finish listening to this episode? I would say that one of the things you'll want to do is walk about your life and just start asking yourself some questions. And some of those questions might be as simple as, what do I like? What do I not like about my life? What do I feel attracted to? What do I love? What would I love? Because your desires are more uh, of the key to understanding who you are than any other thing. I mean, when I was in college, I remember going on walks for hours at a time. And the question in my mind was, what is my purpose? Mm. And it was, it created just this vague, confusing, unknown kind of experience where I didn't know. And I'm just like, I don't know what, I kind of feel like I want to do this. And it was just so meandering. But the moment that a coach pointed out to me, she's like, okay, how do you feel when you ask the question? What's my purpose? I was like, confusing. And then she's like, okay, how do you feel when you ask the question? What do I want? I was like, clarity. <laughs> Cause we know what we want. Yeah. We know it. Yeah. And that, that example in of itself is just like, whoa, okay. If you want to find your purpose, it's the wrong question to ask. Yeah. The question to ask is what do you want? Yeah. And understanding that, um, and even trying to connect more so with a heart's desire versus like a head's desire, just yeah. because we are conditioned to want certain things. And so that is something that I'm constantly working on with my clients is, is when this isn't working, I have to question and be like, is this really your desire? Or is it something right. that you just were taught by some system or some guru or whatever yeah. as being the way to success? Um, Cause once we start questioning that and we start connecting with what our heart really wants, then I think that's where all the power lies. Yeah. So I totally agree. Yeah. When you, you act from your heart's desire, mm-hmm. those actions become so much easier than when you act from false desire or head desire or yeah. other people's desires. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Powerful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have absolutely loved this conversation. It was so much fun. (laughs) Me too. Oh man. I, I, um, I was kind of hoping that you had brought a wrap to do it for me. (laughs) A rabbit. What? A wrap. 
rap. rap. Oh. <laughs> so this oh. is what I did. Yeah. This is not going to be nearly as good as what you would do. <laughs> oh my goodness. I came up with a, I came up with a um, quick rap for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is awesome. <laughs> Go for it. What is it? I don't have music to put with it, but Tyson, Tyson is a habit changer. You don't want to miss saying he's great at shifting habits is not a diss on point is something he always is never underestimate him. He's an answer to prayer and his threads are cool too. whatever he wears. Jill, the money coach, peace out. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You were awesome. That's so funny. Well, that is just not even anywhere close to what you would do, but <laughs> I just couldn't, I really just couldn't not have this podcast and not have a rap on it. So, oh my goodness. I, that was my backup rap, just in case you didn't have nothing. <laughs> didn't yeah, have well, what's me. funny is like, you start talking about, I was just like, I just started thinking, it was like, Jill, Jill, what a thrill. <laughs> Everything about you is so amazing. I know. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> being around you is such a big deal. It is like, there you go start, start jamming you know start yeah. and makes it awesome yeah all right well, thank you well thank you so much it was great to have you on easy money thank you so much glad to be here i know i know that rap was so so bad i could have cut it out when i edited the episode but after that conversation about identity and being 100 percent authentically you and showing up as you I really couldn't cut that out with a clear conscience. And besides, you know, everybody can use a good laugh every now and then. And so there's your laugh for the day. You're welcome. But basically, I was just being 100% me. And sometimes that means I think of an idea that sounds good, but I might not think all the way through to be able to execute that well. (laughs) I I think of things um, just at the last minute. uh, And what happens is that I just go ahead and do it. And I think, oh, I'm just going to do it. And so I came up with those few sentences of my rap, like a few minutes before I was supposed to get on the call with him. And so I didn't really practice it. (laughs) It's just to be honest, but you know, Hey, be an honest work, right? But I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tyson as much as I did. One of the things that I just wanted you to think about since this episode is so long already, I figured, why not? What the hell? I'll just give you my two cents on this um, for whatever you want to take away from it. But one of the things I want you to think about is what are you here to do? Who are you here to be? How is being 100% you part of your contribution? And I don't mean the things you do or create when you are showing up as 100% you. What I mean by Um, how is that part of your contribution? I mean, just showing up as who you are and being there as you, not even considering any tangible contribution. How does just showing up as you and how you operate in the world, a contribution in and of itself? I mean, people are watching you. There are people that Um, may see you as a mentor, may see you as a parent figure, may see you as that wise friend. And you showing up as you contributes by setting an example. It contributes by 
showing other people that it's okay to be you. It, it shows people that you are a safe place to land. Because if you can be silly, if you can be um, half-assed, if you can be less than perfect, then that gives them room to be themselves. So I, I just, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but I did want to sort of, I guess, I guess that's maybe preaching, preach about that a little bit. But the other thing I want you to think about is what's your superpower? Um, what is it that you have to do no matter what? I think so many people have a hard time answering this question. And even in this episode, um, we had a hard time answering this question. So I really want you to stop and consider this and leave it open to come back to if you can't come to an answer right away. I think this is such a big part of our why. And I think it's why it's sometimes so hard to show up and operate as who we are. So do you know who you are? I mean, I think that's such an important question because how do you show up as 100% you if you don't yet know exactly who you are? And again, this doesn't have to be perfect, but the reason this is so important is because this is how you spend your time. You are who you think you are, or you show up as who you think you are, and this is how you spend your time. And when you spend your time this way, you won't have, I mean, when you spend your time being the authentic you, the new, the you that you know you are, then you won't end up having a time problem. That actually solves your your time problem. So when you operate this way, when you operate as 100% you in the world, you also won't have a money problem. So being 100% you actually solves so many problems that you might have in your life and in your business. And I had no idea how big an impact that was making until I made these shifts on the journey that I've been on. So it all comes down to getting back to who you truly are. It does make everything easier. It makes you more successful. And it just, it just gives you, it makes the journey a whole lot more enjoyable. So doing things this way, making decisions this way, showing up this way, connecting in this way really does make everything easier. It makes life easier. It makes business easier. It makes committing to your priorities easier because think about it. If you are committing to your priorities, but you really don't know who you are that has this, these priorities, then maybe that's why you aren't fully committed to those priorities. Maybe they aren't truly your priorities. Maybe they're only the person who you're showing up as. Maybe that's their priorities, right? If that's not who you truly are, then, then it makes sense that why things would be so hard. So it makes getting what you want so much easier when you know who you are and you show up as who you are. So I, as I've said, I've been on this journey. I'm still on this journey, but I've made enough progress to see how powerful and extraordinary my experience in this one life can be when I step into being who I truly am. And so that's why I feel so driven and so passionate to talk about this is because I've seen what a difference this can make for people. So I really hope this opens up to you what this might make possible for you if you step onto this journey yourself. 
And, you know, I am happy to answer any questions you might have about my journey and about what it looks like to go on this journey. And let me know if this intrigues you. I would love to dig deeper into these concepts with you. You can go to my Instagram bio and click the link. And um, once you click on that link, you'll see a couple of options. There's um, an option to book uh, time to chat over virtual coffee. There's also an option to collaborate with me. So it might be just, you know, brainstorming, bouncing ideas off of each other. It might be recording a podcast for easy money podcast, you know, to fit into my coaching or my conversations with coaches. Either way, I love to share ideas and um, just talk through things. It is what I think really has contributed to my growth is being willing to talk about whatever it is that happens to interest me at the time. And with ever with whoever at the time happens to be interested in it too. So until next week, go be you and have an amazing time being you no matter what. I'll see you next week. Love what you heard today? There's more where that came from. Just head on over to jillthemoneycoach.com and get your free and simple financial freedom guide. Stop worrying about money. Stop trying to manage your time. Instead, create ease and freedom in your business. It's the first step to making money easier. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. See you then. Thank you.